0: In this episode, I'll share a summary of a recent four-part video series I did where I give four valuable lessons on how to improve how your horse moves, and each lesson has an exercise that you can do. I'll lead you through a process of dreaming, observing, going back to determine the root of any issues, and then explain how to use playfulness to improve your horse's posture and way of moving. So here we go, episode 110, Dream, Observe, Root, and play hi i'm karen rolf and welcome to horse training in harmony this podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love it's about learning how to move and be in harmony because yes you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So, let's get started. September and March are really exciting months inside the Dressage Naturally community uh, because that's when we open enrollment for a new semester of the Finding the Sweet Spot of Healthy Biomechanics program. And this is where the emphasis is on empowering riders to work with their horses to find better ways of moving that the horse will enjoy as much as the rider. All right, that's kind of everything I do, right? (laughs) But we have a program that really focuses exactly on leading you through that. So I, around this time of year, always put out this laser video series, or at least that's what I'm doing this year. Uh, You might have seen the ads for this or Uh, If you're in the Dressage Naturally Land Facebook group, uh, these videos are findable inside that group, and what I teach for them stands alone as a great little series, and it's also excellent pre-work for the Sweet Spot program. Uh, So I wanted to share those videos with you guys here, because I'm sharing them everywhere else, And, and just in case you haven't come across them. So this is actually the first time I'll be talking about these particular videos here on the podcast or kind of outside this laser video series, but, um, the concepts are easy to explain. So I think I can do it here on a podcast. We don't actually need, uh, we we don't need the videos. So let's just jump in. So the first part of this four part series is really about dreaming you know, we can call it setting your goals, setting your movement goals. Um, But it's about visualization. So however you want to talk about that, it's about thinking about, you know, what are you trying to create, get a picture of that in your mind. And that's visualization is really important for several reasons. Uh, One is that it helps you know what direction you're going in. Kind of important to know, you know what am I looking for? Really important when you're doing well lots of things, uh, but especially when you're going out with your horses. And when you practice visualizing what you want your horse to move like and look like, you know when you're trying to improve how your horse moves, if you take a minute to really dream and write down words or think about exactly how you want your horse to look, and how you want your horse to feel, it primes your brain to notice what you want to be creating. And when you do that, just that simple task of going, hey, brain, here's what I'm looking for, your brain is on it. (laughs) And because of that, you're going to start noticing more nuances, and you'll notice the changes sooner. And because of that, it's going to help you make better decisions when training, right? You'll know What to release on, or what to reward, or when to keep going. But knowing where you want to go isn't enough. We also have to know where we're starting. Kind of makes sense. (laughs) That's the only way to get good directions, right? You got to put in two things you got to put in where you are, what's your starting location, and where you want to go. And then Google Maps or whatever you use, your GPS can can tell you a good route to go. And that's why I'm so not into recipes and formulas. I'm into blueprints and frameworks and to help teach you guys, like what sorts of things should you be asking yourselves right now? What sorts of things should you be looking at? So that's how I kind of teach everything. So the first exercise for the part one uh, is to take out a piece of paper and draw a line down the middle. Now, I really tempt you to do these exercises. Now, you might be driving and listening to this at a time where you can't write on stuff. So you might just listen to the whole thing and kind of keep it in your head. But I I really tempt you to to go back again. And if you can't take notes now, um, play this again when you are able to write a few notes down and answer some of these questions. Okay, so you're going to have a piece of paper and you're going to draw a line right down the middle. And um, on the left side, I want you to put down words that you would use to describe how your horse moves now or how you and your horse move together right now. Then on the right side, you're going to write down words or phrases to describe how you want your horse to move or how you want you and your horse to move together. Simple. (laughs) right? Simple enough idea. Left side, what are some adjectives? Maybe even right now, even if you're driving, like name three adjectives that describe how your horse moves right now. Is it floaty? Is it crazy? Is it choppy? Is it, you know, crooked? What are the three words that pop into your head? And then what are three words, you can do this even if you're driving, that would describe how you would like your horse to move calmer or more flowy or more engaged, whatever it is. Now, don't worry about terminology. So I know some of you listening probably can write down some words that are, you know, very precise in describing uh, postural, um, you know, postures or biomechanical Terms and you can get really precise about angles and articulations and, you know, things like that. Uh, But some of you are like, I don't know, I just want my horse to feel fluffier. It doesn't matter. So don't get hung up on terminology. Just write down phrases, things you're um, feeling, things you're seeing. And when you're doing this, beware of judgments, right? So catch yourself, try to not use words, you know, things like, oh, he has a bad trot or he has a lazy canner, right? So that's adding some sort of judgment on top of it. Be more descriptive. What is making it bad? Why, why are you saying bad? Because if you were to call me on the phone and say, oh, my horse has a bad trot, I have no idea what to picture. But if you said, oh, it's irregular and really, um, really shuffly and choppy. I'm like, okay, I can get a picture of that, right? So don't, don't put in judgments. Try to keep it very descriptive and simple. Don't get hung up on terminology. Make sure you include things that you can see and things that you can feel. Even if you're playing with your horse online, you can feel stuff. And even if you're riding, you can see stuff. So just make sure you're using as many senses um, as you can. Sometimes I'll use taste. I know that sounds weird, but I'll describe things as yummy. (laughs) I'm a dessert person. So when my horse feels good, it's yummy. All right, so that's it. That's exercise one. But what might happen is just from doing that silly, simple exercise, what you might notice is the next time that you're with your horse, you're going to be noticing things. You're going to start noticing when your horse is a little more fill in the blank thing that you were looking for than he was before. And maybe you'll notice when he gets more choppy, but you'll also notice when he gets more flowy, just because you've primed your brain for this. And that's great because just by noticing, you're going to start actually getting more of what you want. And less of what you don't. It's possible anyway, and through doing that, this is going to help build your confidence for observing. So I know a lot of students that I talk to, who maybe don't have much dressage experience, or even if they do, they're riding around thinking, "Am I doing it right? Like, is this correct? I don't know." And and it's they're unsure. And so one of the things I really highlight is like just practice picking an adjective and trusting that you'll be able to see when your horse is more or less choppy. <laughs> Even if you don't know anything else, I've tested this. I've tested this with audiences. I've tested this with the spouses of the riders who don't really know much. i like, tell me, when do you see the horse get more flowy or less flowy? So you can do this. So practice. The main thing is your, you know, your horse doesn't care about correct as much as he cares about how you feel about what's happening in the moment. You're the one that's with him. He, that your horse wants you to be like, Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> so if you feel little moments that improve, you want to be able to, without hesitation, be like, yeah, that's it. Cause then you breathe and then you relax a little bit and your horse is like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> All right. That's part one. Okay. Part two Is about observing. So we did the dream, now let's observe. So in this part, you need to know that there are healthy and unhealthy ways of moving. And there's two different versions of unhealthy ways active and inactive. All right, so here's where I need to paint a picture as you're listening. So healthy movement is about a horse whose energy, and actually anybody, could be a person's too but a horse whose energy is flowing smoothly through his whole body. They kind of float in their balance. They have power. And for me, power is energy plus relaxation. So moving in a powerful way, they're attentive and agile and calm and loose and supple and flexible. The entire body is both um, has the aspects of a coiled spring and a shock absorber. They trust. And so they lack any tension that comes from fear, confusion, or mistrust. The top line is stretchable and elastic. Even when carrying weight on the hindquarters, there's a feeling of this like pulsing of like a contract and relax and a contract and relax. Sounds great, right? Now it's healthy this is a picture of healthy. And hopefully you all have some sort of picture of this because no matter what discipline you do, if you're a reining person or a cutting person or a a endurance person or a dressage person or jumping person, there's this version of your horse operating in this kind of a healthy state. And that, you know, it's going to show up a little differently on different confirmation horses and when they're doing different jobs. But I think I think any discipline would love those qualities, right? So it's healthy because um, it's it has shock absorption uh, and the ability to use the whole body without brace or tension. All right, so let's contrast that with unhealthy. So what do I mean by unhealthy? Well, there's active and inactive. Now don't go try to Google it because you probably won't find it. These are just categories I created because it's what I've seen. So let's start with unhealthy, um, with active unhealthy. And that is a picture of excess tension. There's stuff actively happening that's not necessary for what the horse is doing. It's like too much. It's like, why are you holding, you know, everybody put their shoulders up to their ears right now. Okay. So that's unhealthy posture. You're doing something you don't need to do. Right. And how do you know it's excess? Because if someone came up behind you and put their hands on your shoulders, you would go, oh, (laughs) and you would feel better because you're doing less, your posture would become healthier, because you stop doing something, you actually do less, you let go of that held tension. So picture that in a horse, often the heads up, the tails up, legs are moving, (laughs) you know, legs are moving fast and erratically, it's not rhythmic, There's like the mouth is open. There's like there's actively things happening and it feels like there's a little war going on inside the body. And when that happens, whenever whenever there's more stress on one part of the body or when one part is blocked or locked, it means the shock absorption is gone. So another part of the body is going to take the strain, right? If you ride around with a tight, locked up back, Well, if your horse does, (laughs) goes around with a really tight locked up back, probably the suspensories are going to be more at risk, things like that. So I hope you can kind of picture that cartoon. Now, the inactive, unhealthy biomechanics, everybody kind of just slump in your chair, go past the like relaxed version and kind of slump and like uh, have a posture of, um, I don't want to do that. (laughs) I don't want to do that. (laughs) So, you know, 17 year old boy who's been asked to clean their room, that kind of posture. Uh, And, you know, things are kind of folded. They're not, your body's not supported, right? You're kind of just letting gravity win. And think of like, right now I'm sitting here and, you know, I'm doing that and my my chin is jutting out, but my head is kind of sticking forward. My shoulders are round. I'm slumped a little in the chair. And when I slump, I get crooked. So I'm kind of crooked too. And that's going to put so much more pressure in very weird ways on my spine. Because I'm not supporting it in an athletic way. It can. Be, you might think, well, but you're not doing anything. How is that unhealthy if, you know, you're not straining yourself? Like, yeah, I'm not straining myself. But um, I tell this, I use this analogy a lot. Like I can be, actually, it's not an It's not an analogy. It's it's a reality. So I tell this story a lot. You know, I can go out all day and do stuff around the farm and ride four horses and play with another three online and do all this stuff. And I'll come in at the end of the day and I'll be tired, but I feel pretty good. But take me to a museum or ugh, worse yet, the mall. <laughs> take me shopping and slow walking and my body will be killing me at the end of the day because it's just that unathletic, unenergized, collapsed, gravity is winning kind of posture. So that happens a lot with horses too. And um, things like just being on the forehand, right? The heads, you know, the heads down or the 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 body doesn't spring forward, they just kind of shuffle forward. So they don't get to use their whole body as a coiled spring, right? Healthy biomechanics, the strides become effortless, because they rebound into the next stride. But if there's no rebound, every, every step is like a little mechanical thing, and it has to start fresh. So there's going to be the, the, the problems associated with Inactive, unhealthy biomechanics. Um, what else did I want to say about that? Let's see. No, nope, I think that's good. I think you get the picture. I hope you get the picture. Oh, here's here is one. <laughs> now I remember. Um, sometimes, well, when I talk about this, you're probably picturing hope. You know, maybe some moments you, you and your horses get into. But you don't have to feel bad because you know, you're learning. Now, you know, we can do better. But sometimes the unhealthy, the inactive unhealthy will happen because we're, the the person's really trying to be nice. Like they're concerned about not pushing their horse too much. So it can sometimes come out of a really good will towards the horse. And it's just like, we didn't know. right? And it depends on the horse's character too. You know, some horses we can be really, um, you know do very little with them but inherently they're they're sort of a perky athletic type <laughs> right and other horses we have to really tempt them to be embrace their inner ballerina so it's not that we do things on purpose or we're doing things wrong so don't beat yourselves up if your horse resembles these it's just information and the active unhealthy biomechanics where things are actively going wrong I mean, sometimes that's just moments that we pass through, even if we're doing exactly the right exercise for them or we're teaching them exactly the right lesson they need to learn. And they've spent many, many years not, and now we're trying to improve their biomechanics, but they go through these little moments where we're asking for something, but it hasn't worked yet. And so it can look a little like that. So don't, you know, don't beat yourself up. This is all in flow. As long as we know what we're aiming for, we can get there. Okay. So the exercise for this part is to observe your horse and think which description best fits your horse. That description of healthy movement, the description of inactive unhealthy movement, or the description of active unhealthy movement. So think of those cartoons when I painted those pictures and then think of your horse. And when you're having challenges which direction is it going in? Is it like, you feel like your horse is a big lump and he's just plopping along, or do you feel like there's active brace, active tension, active anxiety, active, 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 everything fighting against itself? Or is your horse really flowy? And um, a part, a really important part of this exercise is to notice when they're more one way or the other, because they probably aren't Whatever picture you just painted or category you put them in, they're, they're probably not there like that all the time. <laughs> We're not going to label them. So I want you to notice when does it change? When are they more one way or the other? And so I'll just con- contrast um, two of my horses who are very opposite just as an example. So for Atomic, um, he uh, has he's one of those prancy horses. He's naturally prancy and he just, you know, he trots and everyone's like, Ooh, he's so beautiful. But if I, um, add energy and add like, yeah, something energetic or, or extremely interesting to the environment, he actually gets tense. And when he gets tense, he goes into the picture of active, unhealthy. His head goes up, his butt goes up, He really gets tight and locked up in his back, and he has a lot of anxiety and fear. So, energizing moments um, cause him to have less healthy biomechanics. Now, on the other hand, I have a horse, Hotshot, who was, whoever named him didn't know him. (laughs) Um, Hotshot is kind of um, a ploppy horse you know, he'll watch everybody else run, run around and look at something and he'll just kind of hang back and be like, yeah, it looks okay to me. And he's a little energy conservative. So when I was playing with him, I would purposely try to energize the situation like, come on, this is so interesting. Uh, because um, energizing things actually animated him and moved him from inactive unhealthy into healthy biomechanics. So this, you know, notice your horse, just observe your horse and then notice when it changes what just happened. So that'll keep you busy. When I do these videos, I do them over several days. So we're, I'm giving this all in one podcast, so you have it, but you know, there's a bunch of stuff here. Okay. Part three, part three is, um, about the most commonly overlooked factors. And this is where we t- we're we going to get into like, what is the root? So when trying to figure out why your horse moves with less than healthy biomechanics, we need to start by looking at the levels of trust, communication, and motivation. I might've surprised you there. We don't go straight to the body. When we try to um, improve biomechanics, we Don't go to the body and don't just start trying to manipulate it and put it in the right shape. Because fear, confusion, feelings of helplessness and boredom actively work against the posture we're trying to create. So if things aren't going well, we need to get to the root cause and trust communication and motivation can have a big effect on posture. Of course, There are roots to those root issues, but these are very commonly overlooked reasons for problems with posture, and it's a great place to start. So exercise three is about getting to that root. So during moments that your horse is experiencing less than healthy postures, ask yourself why? So in the earlier exercise, we said, when, when does it change? And a little bit why now, but really why? Could it be due to a lack of trust, a lack of communication, or a lack of motivation? We have to start there, not with more inside leg or adding side reins or things like that. So, if it's a trust issue, then it's something related to fear, right? There's fear in the air. It could be from you, it could be from your horse, whatever. And this sometimes can show up as balkiness. Or a horse checking out, or they become rigid, or they become anxious, or they run away. Anything that feels like fear, you guys know it, there's fear in the air. Might even be coming from you, right? So we can become fearful, and that for sure will change our horse's biomechanics and posture if we're riding them, or sometimes even online. If it's a communication issue, it's about confusion. He doesn't understand what you're talking about. You give him a cue. And they do something else, or it's a it's messed up, or you're having to then use stronger aids. So horses, when they're confused, they also might check out. They also might become anxious. They might overachieve, right? Oh my god, I don't know what to, I don't know what they're asking for. I'll just start throwing stuff at you. So some version of confusion and a motivation issue is where, you know, the horse understands because he's proven it to you before, but he still doesn't do it. Or he just puts in minimal effort. Now you have to be a little careful because sometimes this could be lack of understanding, right? So you have to make sure you're not assuming, oh, you should know this. (laughs) Well, did you really teach it to him? Are Are you in a different circumstance? Maybe he's learned it at home over here, but then you go over there And he doesn't recognize it. It's a different situation. All right. So you want to be thinking when it comes to motivation, think of why should he, why should he do it? And you want, if you're thinking it's a motivation issue, you have to make, make sure that you're pretty, you're sure that there's no fear in the air and you're sure he understands. How do you know? Because you've done it before and he's proven it to you. So there's something going on right now. It's like, well, why isn't he now? And so, you know, you, you, it's probably going to feel like a guess. It's a little bit of a guess, but go ahead and guess. Because probably if you know your horse, you might be pretty close to right. So, you know, trust issues often feel like global issues, right? So it's they often don't mistrust an individual movement you're asking for but there's kind of a mistrust in the, like I said, in the air or it's a specific um, area or location or something like that. If it's communication, um, then, you know, if the horse is calm, but he, you know, is, you're getting the wrong answer. That's probably communication. You know, anything other than you go, Hey horse. And he goes, yes. And go, would you do this? And he says, sure. Like this. And you go, yeah, thank you. (laughs) So, There's always ways to refine communication. So if your conversations don't sound like that, you might go back and just make sure there's no confusion issues there and try to get that quality of communication better. And motivation, you know, we kind of talked about that already. Uh, So, well, what about physical? You're like, well, hey, this is about posture. It's about alignment. It's about engagement. That's physical, well yeah, physical comes into play if they aren't scared, if you're sure they understand and they're trying. All right, so if 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 they're not scared, they do understand the the conversation you're having and they're trying, but it's still not what you want, they're still crooked. Their neck is still doing weird things. Well then it's physical. And now you can think more about their bodies. All right, so exercise 3 is to observe your horse and in the moments that your posture goes less than healthy, see if, ask yourself, could this be related to trust, communication, or motivation? Now, how to solve that once you figure it out is maybe a longer answer. (laughs) And it's definitely something that we help people with in the sweet spot course with all the live calls and, and coaching. But I think just knowing what category it's in is going to give you a pretty good start. Hey, everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the Video Classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls, and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost we've never offered this before. So it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one-week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. Okay, here we are at part four. So part four is about knowing the most important conversations to be able to have with your horse and then to learn how to play with them. So in part four, we can like, all right, if we've dealt with everything in part one, two, and three, now we can start to do stuff. Like let's start to change change how their body is moving and change their balance and change some of those things. And we're still not gonna just go to strong aids and manipulating their body. We're gonna think about, being able to talk to your horse about relaxation, energy, and balance. Anybody who's followed me for long enough, those three conversations will sound very familiar. I talk about them a lot. But those three conversations, now that we're in the biomechanical um, realm and we've done gotten to the root causes and all that, these are like the primary colors. So to affect your horse's posture, you're going to need to talk to them about relaxing you're going to have to talk about different energy levels and you're going to be have to change their balance, right? Shoulders right or left, haunches right or left, bringing the weight up and back or down and forward. And it's through playing with those, mixing those colors on the palette, to use the, the color analogy again. You know, you're thinking of a particular color, you've written those adjectives, right? You're thinking of your adjectives and then you take relaxation, energy and balance You play with it in different combinations, like an artist taking the primary colors and mixing them on the palette until they get just the right color that they love. And they go, oh, that's it. That's that particular kind of pink that I was looking for. So when you're riding for any horse on any day, there's a just right combination of relaxation, energy, and balance that feels yummy. (laughs) I'm mixing my senses up. It feels yummy. (laughs) Oh, and it looks soft. All right, so you're allowed to do it. You can describe it however you want, but it's that just right moment that feels like, oh, that feels good, and it feels effortless to you and your horse. You're gonna have to focus on it. You can't do nothing, but it'll feel effortless because it's gonna be embodying some more of those really nice adjectives you've been looking for. So exercise four, or the exercise for part four is for you to assess your ability to talk to your horse about each of those conversations. Do you have relaxation anytime, anywhere? You know, can you just unplug and go to zero? How many different energy levels can you play with and have those readily accessible, like a really good gas pedal that you can modulate, push it down more, you get more. You take your foot off, comes off. And what about balance? Can you equally affect your horse's shoulders right and left, haunches right and left, whole body right and left, bring the balance up and back, down and forward. So just check, just kind of experiment a little bit as if you never saw your horse before and go, what do I got? (laughs) How big are these conversations? And then of course, how to improve them is nuanced and is a process and, you know, uses there's different considerations and it uses psychology, you know, to have the practical application of this. And how do we start combining them and playing with them? We're not bombarding the horse and the horse is working with us and doing it in partnership based on trust and communication and motivation until the horse is like, Oh my God, thank you. And they love the place where they end up because the crazy idea that this is all based on is that moving with healthy biomechanics will feel better than moving with unhealthy biomechanics, even if initially it feels a little different and weird and unfamiliar. But balance should feel good. Freedom feels good. Effortlessness will feel good. And so when we play with the biomechanics in this way, they get a chance to experiment. They get a chance to feel where they started at, they get to feel some different options and then we give them a chance to choose and they can start going you know I'd like to stay here can i stay here can i stay in this alignment and now that's really cool because it feels good they're they're not only helping us with it but they're starting to seek it and now you're their hero you become their favorite yoga teacher their favorite massage therapist all in one their phys- their favorite physical therapist They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, do that thing with my shoulder again. Do that thing with the energy level. Do that thing with the gas pedal. Because, oh, I forgot about that. I can't find it on my own, Mom. But when we do it together, thank you so much. I feel like a rock star. So that's the goal. So have fun with this. There's a lot in this podcast. I know you guys have been playing with these exercises because I've seen you posting in the Facebook group. Uh, Come on over to the Facebook group. And um, look for the laser training videos. Um, I post the link to the page where that's there. And uh, yeah, let me know how it goes. And, And I hope I get to talk with you and help you and your horse inside the Sweet Spot program. Now's the time. All right, see you next time. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book, you can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email, or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, Love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.